Anyway. New year, new me. New year. Better me. (laughs) (laughs) Same me. Better version. Same, yes. Yes. New year, more me. Oh, music all the time. Yes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Permanent Plus One podcast. I am Alan Woods. I'm Kyla Woods. I'm going to say WKPP. Did we start one of the first episodes like that? Possibly. WPPO. WPPO. That's what it was. Yes. Most stations do start. It used to start with like a WK. RP. Well, the world is on fire. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not funny, but. <laughs> and we're running out of water, so. So I, mean. I just don't know. What do we do? What do we do? Here we are sharing this old podcast. It's it's interesting because um, I was seeing on the old black Twitter, oh. <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, like people basically not making light. I think that sounds terrible, but like, you I know, I think it sounds accurate. OK, yes. Making light of all the crazy bad things that are going on, fires and World War Threes and all the things. And it's and, and then also one one woman tweeted like, I don't know if I feel worse that the world is again, literally and figuratively on fire, or if I'm just going about my natural day, my normal day, like I'm getting in my car, mm-hmm. I'm stopping to get coffee, I'm going to work, I'm going to come home. Like, almost that I'm not really being directly affected by these things, but I know that they're happening. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's most of our lives in this day and age of media and access. You know, things are not as big as they are. Unless you're right there. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And it's a weird place to be in. I don't think in. it's a lack of empathy or compassion. No. I just think that we can't get absorbed into every single thing that happens because every single thing happens every single day. And so right. it's really difficult to try to, you know, I, I don't know if my, my empathy muscles are that strong to, to get involved and engaged in every single thing. Yeah, because and you'll wear yourself out. Yeah. It's a really tough place because I'm I have a lot of empathy, and so for me, and and because I'm a former news journalist person, <laughs> well, I said person at the end of that, but <laughs> but when you come, from, so I really detached myself a lot from news. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be very engaged in it, yes, even after I left the station, and now I, I just can't. You, why. you did. And now I, I take very small doses of news, not even every day. I barely look at the news yeah. because when it comes down to it, no matter what's happening in the rest of the world, uh, my light bill is still going to be due. Yes. My girls are still going to need, you know, guidance and my family's still going to need my love and my presence. And honestly, you know, I have to, for me to maintain a certain level of, I think that's an act of self-care. You know, is. is to not be engaged in everything that's happening around you. It's uh, kind of like the meme of the man who's sitting drinking his beer or coffee or whatever it is while the rest of the room was on mm-hmm. fire around him. It's kind of like you have to have this sense of peace and this sense of, you know, I am still engaged and actively a participant in my life that I can't even, you know, be as concerned and as uh, connected to everything that's happening around me because there are other people who depend on me and there's other people who are in my immediate life and in my immediate circle who need me. And so I can't pour all of myself out into all of these other things. And having 
a true understanding that you can only control certain things and you can only control so much. So I think that we do a great job of contributing in the ways that we can. We recycle. We're (laughs) we've really reduced. Which I got made fun of yesterday. (laughs) By who? (laughs) Brandon. Oh, Brandon Warner. My little brother. He's not into saving the world. He called okay, me Brandon. a hippie. He did not. <laughs> he did. See, that's the. But you know what? And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that's the black people. I'm not gonna blanket all black people. But we got to do better, y'all. Don't be care. He was like, I was like, do y'all have recycling? And they were like, no. So I took the uh, little bottled water and I crushed it and I was like, okay, I'll just take it home. Because uh, <laughs> like, that's what we do. We bring our plastics <laughs> home to recycle if you don't have recycling. I mean, we and you, and you <laughs> were the one who I think first said this and really kind of made me think about it was like, we only have this one planet. Like, we have this one planet. Yeah, this one we've planet. Got, and, and I was like, yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, we've always, my family recycles. My parents have always mm-hmm. recycled, but like conveniently. Like, yeah. we go the extra mile of making yeah. sure that we're going to recycle. And so, I think us doing those those small things that ultimately will contribute to the larger picture are important and we can control those things. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like you said, it, it's a thing of controlling what we can control and also understanding the harm that we cause. Um, and this goes beyond recycling, it, understanding the harm that you cause to, you know, the environment around you. And that environment can mean, you know, your block. Um, so I am not going to throw trash on the ground when I walk through the streets, unlike a lot of uh, my Our neighbors. cousins. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Where it's just like, let me unwrap, the, you know, I just ate the last chip, so yeah. I'm going to throw this chip bag on the ground. And it's just like, dog, like, why? It's so unnecessary. Like, hold on to the bag like you were holding on to it when it still had the things in it that you needed. Mm-hmm. And then when you get somewhere with a trash can, throw it away. Don't throw it on the sidewalk, dog. Yeah. There's so much trash outside, but yeah. I mean, not just our neighborhood, like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just drive through streets and it's just, there's just trash. People and throwing stuff out their windows. Yeah, all the time. It's just it's annoying. All the time. Pet peeve. Uh, but thinking of speaking <laughs> speaking of things that are annoying and things that uh, maybe we could do better. Um, one of the things that you have been talking about is kind of maintaining uh, the momentum that you had in 2019 and kind of taking that into 2020. I posed a question on my social media um, at the end of 2019. It was instead of thinking about what you want to change for next year, what are the things that you want to do the same? Like, what are some of the things you want to keep as you carry into 2020? Um, and uh, you had a really interesting response, as did many people, but yours was, yours was particularly good. Yeah, thank you. It's a great question. I want to carry kind of three key things um, and keep the momentum going in 2020. Two of those are really core to who I am as a person, and I don't think those things will ever change, and that's just kindness and compassion. I've always been that way, and I think I'll always be that way. Um, the last element is something that I've really leaned into more recently, Um, and that's self-awareness. And so by self-awareness, I mean, just being, I mean, really aware of self. So if I feel a certain way, or if I feel like triggered by something, or if I feel, if something makes me like really joyous, I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's great. You know, why, why did that one thing make me feel that certain way? Mm. Um, or holding myself accountable to things. If I said, I'm going to do something like saying, Kyla, no, 
don't stop yet. I know you're tired. Keep going. Do this. Or Kyla, get up early or keep this appointment or make this appointment or do like so. So challenging myself because I'm being aware of the self that I am trying to improve or being aware of the self that I'm trying to grow in certain areas. Mm. So it's also challenging myself and holding myself accountable in in a lot of different areas. So that's something I'm really hoping to keep going in 2020. So your your definition of self-awareness is a little bit different than what I typically think of as self-awareness. Um, and maybe it's because we have entirely different personalities. I think for me, my self-awareness is being um, conscious of how I talk to people specifically or being aware of how my self interacts with other people. Your self-awareness tends to seem more like awareness and how it impacts you yes my self-awareness typically is about my awareness of how myself impacts other people and so i think that that's really interesting that you know you have that view of self-awareness as you know kind of almost like self-discipline you know but my so well i guess mine would be self-discipline yeah. as well but just more outward versus inward that's really that's cool. that's really interesting and 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 i i agree and i think you know for me i'm I'm always treating other people well. Mm -hmm. I'm not always treating myself well. Yeah. So that's the big difference for me. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I put um, as a thing I wanted to continue to take into 2020 um, was my passion and drive. That's something that, I mean, I've always had, so that's kind of a probably easier one for me to continue. But sometimes, you know, I do get... Um, to a point where I'm just like, now I don't feel like doing such and such. Um, I'm actually in the process of uh, writing a uh, script or a screenplay for my first short film. So I'm really excited about that. I've always had um, a connection to visual art. Um, started as a photographer at 12, now moving into film. I've directed some stuff. Um, probably eight years ago, really started getting into directing some really short, small, micro things like, you know, two, three minute videos, but um, really getting into that. And so in that sense, that self-discipline is going to be necessary for me to actually get this thing written. And you've been really helpful in kind of pushing me to, you know, write out even like the premise of it and then once i wrote the premise and you were like man i really like this you have been really encouraging for me to continue adding to it and you know figuring out all of the things um but thinking of things that i didn't want to carry into 2020 it was a lot of stuff and you do have a um, lot of stuff and you 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 admit that i think you we have a lot of stuff i don't know why it had to go to we i mean i'm not as saying a, as a home i'm saying we have a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff okay. in our house all right um there's clothing that you know we haven't worn there's just stuff you know things that were cool in the moment and then it's just like you know things that just need to depart um so on uh instagram uh, I follow Afro Minimalist, and she had, uh, her name is uh, Christine Platt. She had actually proposed a um, thing for people who are getting into minimalism or people who are already in and trying to figure out how they could still have less uh, unnecessary items in their home. Uh, and so she has this thing called um, One Thing, One Day, One Year, um, which is essentially... Every single day of 2020, it's finding one thing in your life 
um, that you can do without, something you're not using, something that you can release, um, and letting that thing go. So one thing every day, finding one thing. So like at the end of the year, you should have 366 fewer things in your life. Um, the easy way to do that would be for me to give away one T-shirt a day or something like that. Like that, that would be too easy. So some of my stuff I've started doing, I'm only a couple days in now, but there's like several things that I'm looking around at and I'm like, yeah, this thing is like, it was cool when I got it, but like, I don't need this anymore. And maybe somebody else can benefit from it. So um, thinking about that, you know, and looking at the things in the basement that we have, like when we moved in, we took stuff from our old house, things that were in the basement, and then we moved them to the new house and also put them in the basement. I feel like we carried everything over we didn't. from the basement. We did. I think there's we did a lot, but we didn't carry. Yes, everything. we didn't. I think we did purge some stuff yeah. when we moved. Probably not as much did. as we should have. We definitely did. We filled up some trash cans. We, yeah, we donated did. lots of boxes of stuff to um, what's it called? Saint Vincent de Paul, um, and like the uh, Goodwill and things like that. But you know, there's just so much stuff, and there's stuff in the basement that. You know, my theory is if there's something in the basement that we haven't looked at in two years, we're probably not going to look at it. Including photo albums? Well, photo albums, we don't have them in the basement. There are a couple down there. Yeah, the ones that got wet. I no, I, no, there were a few that I think stayed dry. I only bring yeah. that up because that's one thing that I would definitely want us to keep, even if we don't, even though, you know, we might not look at them often. Yeah. But otherwise, I see what you, but I, your point is valid. Like, I see what you're saying about. There's a lot of stuff down there that we just don't use or don't look at, and we probably yeah. don't need to have it anymore. Yeah. And I have a, just like a gang of clothes that are like not even in style anymore or just, you know, I have 15 black shirts. You know, like, do I need 15 black button-ups? Probably not. Mm. Um, so, you know, just looking at that and thinking about, you know, what are the things, as we look at what we can keep, what are some of the things that we can let go? Um, and that could be people. I don't know if I'm going to take pictures of people and post it and say, hey, on this day, I'm going to get rid of this person. Mm. I don't know if that's necessary. That's probably not. <laughs> but there are probably some people uh, that are in our lives that, you know, we can all think of that are not benefiting us or not adding to our lives that are takers and only, um, you know, serve to drain us of our energy. Uh, and maybe we're just in a different place now than we were when we first started to interact and you know maybe we no longer really connect with each other um and that could be people that you're related to or not um you know that you can let go of and let them do their thing and just kind of have a moment to do that so happy new year welcome to 2020 So also thinking of um, things that were left in 2019, um, my dad, Melvin Thomas Wood Sr., um, he actually, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast and talked about what it meant for us to grow up into adulthood and how adulthood often means that you know, you start to have to kind of parent your parents and you have to be the responsible party who is 
you know, encouraging them to downsize their homes or to make sure that they have their affairs in order. And, um, you know, as his health started to decline, you know, I was helping him a lot with his financials and things of that nature and just trying to be more present and more um, active in his life. And uh, I was actually in D.C. on December 14th, and I got a call um, that he was being rushed to the hospital, and he didn't make it. And um, that was a challenge, especially being so far from home, um, not being able to get a flight that night to Indianapolis from D.C. Uh, so my flight was actually scheduled for the next day, so I did go ahead and fly home to Cincinnati and packed up some clothes um, and drove to Indianapolis and, you know, just spent some time with my family, stayed at my mom's house, won't do that again. Um, Would you like to say why you won't do that again? Uh, because my mom doesn't realize that I'm 42 years old. Man, you're still her <laughs> little baby. It, yeah, so which typically when we go to Indianapolis, we often stay in a hotel. We do. And I realized why. I had this recollection of why uh, when I was leaving from the house. And she was like, where are you going? And I was like, mm. <laughs> wait a minute. Mm. <laughs> And for me, I think, and we, you know, we, we, on my parents' side, we always have a room there, always have an open space. I mean, they're, you know, and they don't, they don't come for us, <laughs> for the, you know, they, they but it's more a space thing, you know, especially if we have both the girls, yeah. we just want to have space. Like, so we'll get a hotel. We want to have space. If we have Bo, we're definitely getting a hotel, which we actually yeah. like to travel with him when we can. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you were not here for the uh, for the questioning that no, took place last night. No time. shenanigans for no. a forty-two year old no. man. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did get to you know one of the other things thinking of um, things I want to be more intentional about is I want to make sure that um, I am spending time with the people I want to spend time with. I think that that's really important, um, and so making sure that I'm making time for my family making sure that I'm making time for the girls, which are still my family, but I want to be really specific um, because they're 15 and 13. And honestly, there's not a lot more time that we have with them in close quarters. You know, like once they go off to school, who knows if they will want to come back home after that or if they'll just go out and start pursuing their adult life after college, um, if that's what they choose to do. And so I am being more aware of the timeline and and how it's kind of dwindling down now. You know, with Kelly being 15, you know, we got three more years where, you know, this this current rhythm of me going to pick her up every other week and her hanging with us is going to continue. You know, like once she's in school, I don't know if she's going to be trying to come here for the weekend, you know. We don't know. Yeah, it's just it's even. Wh- I mean, even now we don't yeah. have a we don't have as regular a rhythm with her as we did because she's got plans, yeah, she, she has activities, <laughs> parties, she got all kind of stuff. And so yeah. when she turns sixteen this year, and she's driving, even though she doesn't want to drive, that's a whole Good. other podcast. But I will drive her she, until she's eighteen. She will start driving at some point, especially <laughs> when she sees all her friends driving. And then is driving a thing? Yes, driving is a thing. It still is. In Cincinnati, apparently it's not a thing. People don't start driving here until they're 18. But and I mean, like, like, okay, so think back when we were driving, there was no other way to get somewhere. Like, you weren't going to call a cab. But, like, now you that... You think kids are taking Ubers? I think so. I wouldn't feel comfortable with the girls taking Ubers. I mean, get her a little pistol. I just wouldn't. I don't... A little pistol starter? A little pistol starter. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I don't... I, don't, I, I th- do think... I, I see do a lot of kids, like, college-age kids, 
in Ubers. Maybe I don't know that. I'm just. I, I do think it's still a thing. Okay. My answer is yes. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just being more aware of the time that I'm spending with people. Um. You know, with my dad passing, you know, in, in his last couple years, I did get to spend a lot more time with him. Um. You know, as a family, you know, we um, often visited more often than we had in the past, just because you know he was in and out of the hospital. He was in and out of like nursing, well, not nursing home. I guess it was kind of a yeah, nursing home. nursing home rehab facility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we were being more intentional about that time. And then, you know, it's just a challenge. So, um, you know, at the funeral, I actually got to meet some of my siblings that I've never met in my entire life, which was very interesting to know that you have people that your parent is also a parent of that you haven't met. Weird. There are people in my life that I do want to stay in touch with. Um, I have another brother that I'm okay with not staying in touch with, like, ever again. And we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Um, I don't hold a lot back on the podcast. I try to be open and honest, and I think that's one of the things that we try to do here. Um, But I have a brother who is, you know, biologically my brother um, on my mom's side. We grew up in the same house, and at some point he decided that he didn't really want to fool with me, and I don't know why. And for a long time, you know, that created an issue for me because, you know, in having conversations in therapy, you know, like I'm like, you know, that made me have self-value and self-worth issues because I'm like, this dude that I grew up with that I idolized and looked up to my whole entire life, like, doesn't want anything to do with me, you know? And then, you know, to know that you had a brother that you were very, very connected to and then you lost your brother. It's just kind of like, it's just weird and I don't, I don't understand God and I never will and we're not meant to understand that. But it's like, why have a brother that doesn't want to deal with anybody still be here every single day but then have a brother that everybody loves and cares for and he's really connected to his siblings and everybody else in the family and ha- have him not be here? Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't get it. That's a really, that's a really strong point. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't get it either. Yeah. It's like people who, you know, you have people who can't have children, and then you have people who have children, and they don't love their kids at all. Multiple kids. And it's like, yeah, and it's just like, why? Like, why? God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that question one day, yeah. and hopefully I'll get an answer. I don't know. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's not understanding, you know, this place that I'm in, um, but understanding that there are certain people that I want to keep in my life, and there's per- certain people that I want to keep close in my life. Um my brothers and sisters on my dad's side, I get, I did get to spend some time with them, um, and you know, have real conversations with them. But planning a funeral is hard, and you, as the youngest sibling, you know, and I was the one who was kind of responsible for everything. Not it was kinda. really, yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, I had a little bit of help. Truly responsible for it. Yeah, but like I've never done this before, so I'm asking Kyla, you know, because as I mentioned, like her brothers passed, and. You know, I'm asking her, well, how am I supposed to do this? And what am I supposed to do with this? And she's walking me through the process of how to do a funeral. And it is a lot of work. And you don't know how much because you don't know how much work is involved until you actually do it. It's one of those things. Planning a full event in less than two weeks. Yes. Less sometimes less than one week. Or or in one week. In black in black households, it's less than two weeks. (laughs) Yes, yes. You're right. <laughs> and no, people don't talk about or or again think about until it's time the that you are at the mercy of the uh, of the funeral home that you're doing the arrangements with. So yeah. like you're planning 
has to be based around their availability, timing. We ended up having your dad's services in the afternoon. You don't have a lot of afternoon services. No. It was holiday. We had to factor in holidays. Um, you know, like the burial was the next day. It wasn't even the same day because on of Christmas the dark, Eve. on Christmas Eve. So because because of the dark, you know, because it gets dark so soon. Yeah. So they had already set up somebody's service in the morning on December twenty third. So we had to get the afternoon slot on the twenty third. Slot, which like because it's big, right like, I mean, because that, that's, that's the truth. That's, that's, that's how, how you, it's a business. Works. It is a business. It's a time slot. It's a time <laughs> slot. It's a business, and that's how you have to that you go into this business planning mode when yeah. you're when you're doing this. And that at the same time you're trying to have a grief like you do really don't get to grieve did, until no. like the end or until afterward. Done. Yes. Yeah. So everybody else is getting to grieve. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is going through this process. Uh, I made a fire ass playlist uh, oh, for my dad. Oh, it was so good. Oh, um, it was so good. We can actually probably share a link to it. Uh, it's, it's a playlist on Spotify called Tommy's Tunes. Um, and it was just like my dad always drove around in a fire car and uh, he always had some soul music on, you know, lots of Freddie Jackson, mm-hmm. lots, lots of, of Freddie Jackson. It, like it was it was a lot. So like at his wake. You know, I was like, man, we're not playing a whole bunch of sad stuff. I'm going to make this fire playlist of stuff that he would have been listening to, and we're going to play that. And I, you know, brought my own speakers from home because I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to plug it in. I asked them about an auxiliary cord on the phone. They were like, what? No, and so I was had like, no idea what, <laughs> that's it, how I what was happening. <laughs> I needed to bring my own equipment. Uh, you know, I plugged it in. And then, you know, we tried to have a joyous time because my dad always loved to laugh. He was always cracking jokes. He was always talking crazy. And so we wanted to make sure that we were doing that, you know, in, in in that time. So, you know, rest in peace to my homie, my dog, my dad, um, Melvin Thomas Woods Sr. One thing we are not carrying into 2020 is cable. We cut the cable cord. I had a realization just yesterday that how much money we were going to save no, well no i realized that the day we cut the cord <laughs> the cable cord you broke it down for me and it was a significant amount of money and i was like yes keep spectrum those coins was getting way too much money. spectrum was getting like i don't know we were paying them child support so <laughs> we're not doing that anymore what i realized yesterday is that that is compromising my award show season viewing and i love award shows like it's the, i don't watch a lot of live tv which is, was one of the reasons we decided to um get rid of cable I do, however, love award shows. I mean, love them to my with my whole heart. So, a little sad about that. I need to figure out how I'm going to watch the Golden Globes this weekend. But um, I'm I don't know. I'll work on that today. That's neither here nor there. So beyond cable, I do have like a uh, YouTube TV um, trial a period, trial? and I'll be able to watch the Golden Globes. Yeah, because they have <laughs> okay. live TV. That might be the move. So thirty days. You got uh, it. Might be it. Might be sixty. So you gotta have to plan Whoa. plan it around okay. like when you're going to like get the most award shows mm. in a period of time. Well, I got the Golden Globes, SAG, Grammys, Oscars. I, those might are those within those a sixty day like window. Yes. Yeah, but I'm saying if we That's start now, okay. Yeah, so you could get till March. You're onto something here, Mr. Woods. We might try it. I we we're gonna try it's it. Like <laughs> it might happen. Sixty dollars a month today. If you don't do the trial, like after the after trial, the trial, we just gotta remember put it in our phones. I to will put it remember in our phone. to cancel the trial. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> Great idea. So, Delicious. so we are. Um. I mean, like many people, I don't think we're we're really in an isolated situation. I think a lot of people are ditching cable and they're going to streaming services. Now, here's the thing: those streaming services add up. So, if you're one of those families and you, because I think a lot of people are realizing 
oh, okay, I'm going to cut cable, but I'm going to have Disney Plus. I'm going to have Netflix. I'm going to have Hulu. I'm going to have 10 other different streaming mm-hmm. services. Now you I'm paying the well same amount. <laughs> now I'm paying the same amount. Uh, yeah. So we have, we just have Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done really, I mean, we're pretty much seeing most of what we want to see. I did miss a um, Jeopardy. Y'all know I love Jeopardy. Does everybody know I love Jeopardy? I don't know. I know you know, but okay. I Does did Jeopardy miss have a YouTube channel? I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. More research today. Mm. I did miss an Alex Trebek interview the other day. Oh, yeah. oh remember? We, mm. we you know, we can. I'll have to watch it today because we have to catch it on Hulu. But either way, I digress. So basically, we have Hulu and Netflix. So uh, on Netflix, there was a new show from Kevin Hart called "Don't <laughs> This Up," and we watched it. We binged all the What's episodes. Don't this up i'm not gonna say but come on you know i still try to my i still try, I still try to censor the show a little bit okay i'm not gonna say that um <laughs> everybody knows what stands for <laughs> it's another four letter word um which is my favorite and the show it might be it's okay if it is your favorite four letter word um the show was very interesting it was very interesting it was um very um, what's the word you would use? Complex. Complex. Yes, that's a good word. It was also very transparent. Very transparent. I think that he took some risks. He definitely, you know, he definitely took some risks because I don't know what his end goal was. You know, like if people were gonna be like, "Oh my God, I love Kevin Hart," because there were definitely moments on the show when we were like. This dude is an asshole. That's exactly. I mean, lit- most of the most of yeah. the show. I'm just like, is he? Wow, is he really? Why is he really acting like this? Yeah. I think for me, what was a little, um, I won't. Yeah, I guess surprising, and somewhat disappointing. I felt like, and from the show. Now I know this. I w- the show is limited. Like you're only seeing so much, whatever. But that's also what you put out. Yeah. So I felt uh, like he he was valuing his friendship, like his friendships and his 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 circle of guys almost more than like the family aspect. So yeah. like with his wife and his kids. Actual family. Yeah. And she said like she was saying Nico was saying that in the show. And, you know, like you're not here. And when you know, you come home and then you leave right out and you're with your. Bo- so. And I then there would be times when there was like, you know, things that. He's like, yeah, and I'm thinking about like how this is gonna affect, you know, my boys. And we we looked yeah. at each other like he didn't say nothing about his kids or his wife. Nothing like, about the family. Like, <laughs> and then he 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 always, it almost painted him as like a teenager who lacks yes. self control because he was like, you know, when he was talking about the cheating fiasco, which we discussed on a previous episode early on in the podcast. Um, it was one of those things where he was like, I mean, but I didn't have my boys yeah. with me. And, and then his friend came in and was like, yeah, I mean, like, if I had been there to protect him. He's so grown. It was like, he's such what? a grown man. Like, to protect him from himself, like, he's an adult with a wife. Like, he made a decision. He shouldn't have to have people around him that are saying, hey, don't cheat on your wife. Yeah. If I'm not there, you're going to cheat on your wife. Yeah. And it was just like, what? Like, yeah. that's a really immature perspective for somebody who's on their second marriage yes and i think that it sets a bad example because how many again and these are grown people how many men are gonna watch this and be like see if my boys would have been with me i wouldn't have done what i did see what kev said (laughs) you heard kevin say you heard his boys i mean like it's i don't know 
and it is what it is. You can take it with a grain of salt. You could be like, I don't care what Kevin Hart does. And that's fine. I think it just, for us, it was a very, like you said, transparent, really, really transparent. And I think it just, it just painted a much different picture maybe than I expected. Yeah. And offered different insight than I would have expected. Like that excuse making from all of his friends was really disappointing. I'm just like, these are grown men making excuses for another grown man and saying, had we been there, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. he's not being held accountable it for anything that he does. It almost sounded like they were talking about, you know, him getting into a fight with a group of other people and, you know, being murdered in the process. Yeah. Like, if I had been there to protect him, if we had just been there, we could have saved him. And it's just like, wait, what? Like then it was he, just really weird. Then he came at one of his friends and embarrassed him, like, on the private plane. Yeah. You know, not to give away the show, but n- it's not, like, a super spoiler. But that was another moment where it's like, geez, you know, you. so now you're. Like, totally used information that he would have gotten from him. Yes. Against him. In front of other people. In front of other people. It totally trying to embarrass him, like you said. Yeah. And demean him and come for his masculinity yeah. and his ability to provide for himself. And essentially saying, you know, as a celebrity, I am creating this life for you. Yeah. And like you are, you know, y- you should be valuing this. Exactly. And then the dude was like, I mean, I can I can make money. You yeah. know, like I was making money before I met you. And then that really set him it off. It really set him off. Because it was like, how dare you come, you know, say, say that you can live and breathe without me. You know, and it was just. I hated that they ended the episode like that. Yeah. And then that was like the end of our watching for the night, too. So yeah. it was like we carried that with us <laughs> to the next it w- episode. Because it was like, damn, this dude is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And just, I don't know. And then it's like a lot of apology. You know, then it's like he's just spending all this time apologizing. But, but make good decisions. So then you don't yeah. have to turn around and apologize every day to everybody. Yeah. But we didn't give away the whole thing. Um, I think all in all, it was a great um series to watch it was shot really well that's it what was, i will say it was shot it was produced well. it was shot i did love yeah. the multiple use of imagery mm-hmm. like there if you you know there's once you animation. watch it there's animation yeah. there's the documentary style footage yeah. there's interview styles that yeah. are so i did really like the way it was put together yeah it was great um also you know thinking of things that are shot well um, if you haven't seen queen and slim yet please make sure that you go check that out um support uh, Lena and Melina and uh, you know just support the culture man there's a lot of people who love the film there's a lot of people who did not like the film at all visually I don't care if you just turn you know like well you can't turn the volume down because you're in a theater but if you um, happen to just just go and watch it for the visual aspect if nothing else even if you don't want to you know buy into the story of it like the visuals were amazing um, I was I left like truly inspired and as I mentioned earlier like I started writing my screenplay I literally came home that night and was like I need to write what my screenplay is going to be about because I was that inspired to actually get started um, because I'm looking forward to having a moment like that where I can release you know something to the public so yeah it's a masterpiece of a film yeah it's great it's great so um, we'll keep you in tune to other things that we are watching in the meantime, oh, I wanted to talk oh, about what talk I was about reading. what you was talking about reading. <laughs> I wanted to talk about what I what I'm reading. I just wanted to share because I'm that's another uh, action step of mine for 2020. I'm not saying goals. I'm going to say this is an action step. I'm going to do this. Um, read more in 2020, and I've really been saying and trying to read more, make more time for reading, but I am actually doing it. And so, two books I'm reading right now. 
Becoming by Michelle Obama, which I've had forever, and I'm just now like even making any w- progress in reading it. It's so good. And then also um, The Intersection of Joy and Money by uh, Mackie McNeil, which who is a local um, author and financial advisor, and they're both really, really good. So, yeah. I just you know what I'm that. reading? What are you reading? Nothing. Okay. And that's okay. I have people read to me. Yes, you have audiobooks. <laughs> you do. Michelle Obama reads to me. Yes. <laughs> in she her does. free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you if there are books that you're interested in reading and uh as Kyla mentioned, sometimes you feel like you don't have the time. Um I will throw on an audiobook while I'm in the car, um, driving or while I'm at work if I'm working on something and I do have the ability to listen to that while I work. I know that like if I'm writing something, it's very difficult to do both. But if I'm creating something like, you know, graphic design, it is easier to do that at the same time. So um, the knowledge is out here, people. It's it time is. for you to get it. It is. Time to go get it. Um, and thank you very much for tuning in to this very first episode of 2020. Uh, we have a lot that we want to do in 2020. We have more interviews we want to do with interesting couples that are married and have these different lifestyles and we want to learn from other couples so if you know couples that we should talk to um, as we travel the country um, this year um, please let us know what cities and who and why Um, and you know just send us a little message on our instagram or facebook Um, you can do that at permanent plus one everything is spelled correctly Um, and make sure while you're there you follow those accounts as well and we're going to be having lots of things that we're doing on our social media this year lots of sneak previews of new episodes and things of that nature Um, and until the next time love each other